holistic dentistry has its place, traditional dentistry has its place, and you decide for yourself what is the best course of action. Facts do not have opinions. Just don't let perfection be the enemy of the good. Self-love is really about self-respect and acceptance. Welcome to The Whole View. I'm Stacey Toth of Real Everything. I'm here each week to dive deeper into how we can find happiness and health inside and out through self-love, body positivity, and discovering new ways to be our best selves. Before we get started, a reminder, this podcast is for general educational purposes and is not intended to diagnose, advise, or treat any physical or mental illness. And while Dr. Makar is a dentist. She's not your dentist. So we always recommend that you see a licensed health professional accordingly. That said, listeners, I want to introduce you to Dr. Parole Makar. I keep saying parole, but it's not parole. It's like, I love that you said it's like Carol, which is my mom's name. So it's Carol Makar. (laughs) And you are the founder of PDM Family Dental on Long Island, New York. And the recipient of the Denobi Awards in 2022, as well as the LI Excellence in Healthcare for 2022. I'm excited to hear more about what those are. And I found you through your story of losing your younger sibling, a fellow dentist, to oral cancer. And now you have devoted your time to educating not just patients, but doctors alike about risk factors, prevention, and advocating for early diagnosis. You've co-authored the book Life Interrupted, Dr. Dua's Survival Guide, which is also a winner of the SIPA Evie Award for Motivational Inspiring Books. So you're just checking all the boxes. I'm so excited to talk to you today. Thank you for joining us. What didn't I cover? Can you tell us a little more about yourself and how these awards came to be and your story. Thank you, Stacey, for having me. First of all, delighted to be here. So I'm a general dentist, a mom, business owner, wife. I wear all those hats, like most of your listeners probably do, as a working mom. And my life trajectory kind of changed when I lost my younger and only sibling. And I think that is something beyond comprehension or, you know, you don't expect your life's trajectory to be that way. He was almost eight years younger than me. So never in a million years would I have counted for this. And he died of oral cancer and he was a dentist, like myself, followed my footsteps. We took courses together. So the fact that it was oral cancer, it's our field. And I didn't, you know, he lived in Canada. I lived in the U.S. and I didn't want his loss to be just a statistic that here's another person who died of oral cancer, just preventable. And I wanted it to be a movement. And since instead, that's what I've been doing. And thus came all the awards. I was recently, you know, even with the Indian American, because I'm of an Indian descent, I was given a woman achievement. And just last, actually, yeah, last week I was awarded Healthcare Heroes. And that's by my, but New York, there's a community was based with lots of other doctors or healthcare professionals. So it's just been, the awards have come. It's not something that I've reached out for. It's just my work and just feeling that whatever I've been doing has been reaching and hopefully changing the narrative and saving somebody's life. And it's just a recognition that, yes, my voice is being heard. I totally understand where you're 
coming from. And I appreciate that you've incorporated this into your work and are educating others. I want to acknowledge the loss of your sibling. We in our home have also lost a younger sibling and it was very, I mean, it was traumatic. It was, it was unexpected and earth shattering. And like you said, just completely unexpected and you never know, you know, where that's going to take you. And I think it's interesting how that story weaves for me because he, his life was lost on a mental health front. And my work here really expanded from food and physical health to understanding brain and mental health and the importance of that as being a whole person after his loss. And it's really given me a different kind of direction and sense of purpose and all that kind of stuff. So I really relate to what you're talking about and appreciate the work and the effort that you're doing to make his life something that's remembered and something that can help others. So thank you for all that you're doing. And can you share us more about about that and how it influenced the way that you're approaching specifically oral health and maybe your regular work, not just your advocacy work? Sure. So oral health is really linked to overall health, right? If we don't have good bone of the teeth, it's not got a good support system, you end up losing teeth, bad breath, it's linked to diabetes, it's linked to heart conditions, linked to Alzheimer's, dementia, a host of things. Even during pregnancy, it's important to have. So, and if you don't have a good oral health, you're in pain, it's hard for you to consume foods. And so it affects what you're eating, your intake, your confidence level, if you're not able to smile well, you know, so it's a host of things. So, and it's all linked together. It's not like you're, you know, people say, oh, I have a cavity. I don't need to get that fixed. It's fine. It's not hurting. Unfortunately, it can grow and become other issues. And so, you know, it's not like your mouth or your it's completely unrelated. So that is a huge aspect of what I do. And I see my patients, I really hone on and educating. This is what we have. This is what I see, you know, take pictures, show them intraoral camera. Like this is what I see in my mouth. You don't see it, but I want you to know what it is. And, you know, talk about self-advocacy, know what the risk factors are if we don't do treatment or we change what kind of treatment we pick or do no treatment. They're all, you know, pros and cons. So, you know, educating my patient, having honest discussions, not about just oral cancer. Yes, screening more regularly. Like I would screen patients when they came in for their recall appointment, but, you know, bringing this to the attention that I'm screening practically every visit. Like when I see something, I'm like, even if I didn't notice at their recall appointment, if I see them on their filling appointment, I'm like, I didn't notice that, you know, when you were here three weeks ago, but now I see something. And so it's a lot about education and advocating patients to advocate for themselves and make informed decisions rather than just saying, hey, I've got the white coat. I've got the degree behind my name. And whatever I say goes, it's not, that's just not the way it is. So a lot of it is education. Yeah, I appreciate what you said about dental health being linked to overall human health. One of the things that originally was very interesting to me and kind of had me go down a rabbit hole when I was learning more about healthy living and lifestyle and all that kind of stuff 
was work related to communities who have great health generally also have great oral health, right? Like, and when we see dental issues, we can also anticipate or link them to a host of other issues. And, you know, a simple explanation, and it expands a lot more of this, you know, that kind of was like an aha light bulb for me was TMJ, right? If your jaw is not in alignment and you are grinding or you're chewing weird or you're creating whatever out of alignment issue in your jaw, it can lead to, for example, headaches. And I think that's an easy thing for people to understand. But I'm wondering if you can kind of expand on that into more about how we see dental health being linked to overall. Yeah, you brought up a great point, TMJ. I mean, this is the big joint that's right here. And you can actually put your fingers through your ear and actually feel it move. And some patients may experience clinking. They may have pain, waking up, headaches, like you said. You can have a neck pain, jaw pain. It's just, it's hard to sometimes chew hard foods because your joint, you know, when we're chewing, we're extending like 600 pounds of pressure every time we chew. It's an extended amount of force and teeth are stronger than bone structure. Okay. TMJ is related. It affects how you eat, how you chew, headaches, waking up, migraines, a host of issues. And you end up having to either get an appliance to fix it, Botox is out there. You can do PT therapy, which is basically some exercise, just like because it's a joint, like any other part of your body, your knee, your, your shoulder, you hurt it. You go through physical therapy. You can do that. Your hot compresses, cold. So there's a lot of treatment modalities, but getting that jaw back to the alignment, that's kind of, you know, how you would go to get corrected a car. If it's not aligned properly, the wheels and it's not functioning properly, you feel it just like that. Your jaw, if it's not aligned, you're not able to chew. And, and other factors, you know, if you have bacteria in your mouth, for example, from not brushing, you, everybody gets plaque buildup right away when they brush their teeth, you know, after eating, you get a plaque. That's just the way it is. But if you don't effectively brush your teeth and floss in between your teeth, that hardens and that becomes calculus. And that you can't remove with brushing. That's something that you come into the dentist. And that is bacteria that's harmful. We have bacteria. We have good bacteria and bad bacteria. But that calculus bacteria is the bad bacteria. And that can start kind of eating up on your bone and can start loosening your teeth or bleeding gums. So... You know, if you're brushing and you get like a spot of blood, maybe you kind of hurt yourself while you were brushing or you had a sore or something. But if it's like excessive amount of bleeding, you wake up with blood on your pillow, you have some puffy gums. Those are all linked to periodontal disease, which is gum and bone disease. And that bacteria can go and affect your heart, especially if you have any like artificial heart valves or have had stents or so it affects those. It affects, it can affect stroke. It's been linked to people having brain, you know, with stroke. It can be harmful to any artificial joints that you have. And that's an important thing that when you get an artificial joint, whether it's a knee, hip, you let your dentist know because that bacteria, you know, if you're doing a cleaning, that bacteria can travel and harm. So you need to be premedicated. So it links to everything. And, you know, this is a, Besides halostosis, but getting cavities and getting that, you know, when you get a small cavity, it doesn't hurt because 
the nerve of the tooth is in the center of the tooth. And so when you get a cavity, it won't hurt until it grows and it starts to become a little sensitive and you're eating like hot and cold and then more to as it progresses to excruciating pain or swelling or discomfort. And that's when the tooth ends up having to be a root canal. And this is what I tell my patients. When I see a cavity, I want you to treat it and be more conservative in your treatment rather than wait and delay treatment. And now we're looking at a possible root canal. Sometimes the tooth can break and fracture and you need an extraction. And, you know, if you don't have a good oral hygiene, these things are communicable. So through kissing, you know, if mommies are kissing their babies, they can transfer these bacteria to their babies or to the other people. So it's so important. It's linked to everything, even diabetes. If your sugar levels, if your diabetes are not controlled and you don't have good oral health, it's just going to make your diabetes even worse. So it's linked to a whole range of, of conditions. This podcast is sponsored by HelloFresh. And listeners, they're giving you 16 meals free plus free shipping to give them a try. Because I, probably like many of y'all, are at the point in life where I just cannot, even with trying to meal plan and prep these days. But having a homemade family meal is still high on my priority list. So I researched which meal kit option would be best for our family, specifically the kids, because teens can cook these, y'all. I found that HelloFresh is the first carbon-neutral meal kit company committed to offsetting 100% of direct carbon emissions and They've been voted America's number one meal kit by USA Today for four years running, along with being voted most trusted meal kit delivery service in 2022 and 23. I love that you can get farm-to-table quality with every HelloFresh box. Seasonal ingredients are picked at peak ripeness and travel from the farm to your doorstep for fresh flavor in every bite. Now I'm wondering, why did I wait so long? Whether it's you, a spouse, or a teen cooking these meals, they are tailored to your needs. There are 40 recipes to choose from weekly, and they can please the pickiest of eaters or unique dietary needs your family may have. I personally grab the vegetable and meat option since it's easy to stretch our dollar even further with prepping rice or an additional side since we have more family members than most. But options on my radar for future include the family-friendly option or the quick and easy box, which includes fast and fresh options ready in just 15 minutes or less. That's faster than takeout and is on average 25% less expensive and better for you in the environment. Go to HelloFresh.com slash WholeView16 and use code WholeView16 for 16 free meals plus free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash WholeView16, the number, with code WholeView16 for 16 free meals plus free shipping. I am interested to hear, I know you said that when you're talking to other practitioners that you encourage them to be more conservative and to take care of things that they're seeing in the mouth before kind of seeing, oh, could resolve itself. I think a lot of what I have heard in the wellness space is, well, wait and see and try to remineralize the tooth. And I know you also practice traditional care as 
as well as holistic approaches as appropriate. Can you share more about what that looks like when you're approaching dental care from as holistic as possible, but also truly putting wellness and safety first and where you draw the line? So when I see, so a tooth has three layers. The outside is the white that we see, that's the enamel. Then the second layer is the dentin, which is a little yellowish. So if people who have grind their teeth down, it, you'll see them, that's a little bit yellower. And then the center of the tooth is the pulp chamber, and that's where your nerve system is and your blood supply is. Now, if, you, if I see a cavity that's kind of just in the borderline of like the enamel and the dentin, it's right there at the junction. I may watch that and may say, okay, you got to floss more, maybe use fluoridated toothpaste, may, you know, have some other precautions to try and arrest and not go into treating. The thing is the tooth cannot heal itself. We get a cut on our leg. We get a cut on our arm. We burn ourselves. That tissue will heal. We cut ourselves in the mouth, the tongue. You scrape something. You ate a hot pizza. You took a sip of hot coffee. You burnt your tongue. You cut a part of your cheek, it'll heal within two weeks. But a tooth, you break it, you fracture it, it gets decayed, will not self-heal. So it needs to be treated. So when a cavity is progressing and it's not at that junction and it's not in the enamel and it's not right at the borderline and it's spread into the dentin and it's, you know, getting, it's getting bigger, that's when we need to restore it with a filling. So holistic dentistry is there, but it has certain limitations. And I do traditional dentistry, of course. I don't, you know, with holistic, I'll tell patients like, hey, salt water rinses, you could do that at home. You can, you know, if you have a toothache after an extraction and it's bleeding a lot, you can take a tea bag and bite on it instead of, you know, to help with the bleeding to stop, you know, maybe not prescribe opioids and narcotics after an extraction. There's a different regime that we can use. You know, clove oil helps with toothaches, with kids and stuff. You can take a gauze and put it instead of having to give medication. So there's, there is a way to do holistic dentistry. And then, but sometimes, you know, unfortunately, a tooth will not regenerate itself and will not heal. Um, sure, there's stem cells research out there, but, you know, getting that, like you can't, there's certain things you can't treat. If you have heavy plaque buildup, yes. Control your blood, sorry, control your brushing and flossing and all of that at home. But if you are getting to the point where it's a lot of bleeding and there's heavy calculus and there's heavy buildup and you have bad breath, then you need the scaling. You need all the stuff. So it just depends to what degree it is and how much we can treat at home. There's certain limitations to it and you kind of have to come do the traditional dentistry. So when you said that teeth can't repair themselves like totally get that on cracks and breaks and all that kind of stuff where I have seen people show before and afters of an x-ray that this is what the teeth looked like and I think it's kind of what you were talking about right it's not a full cavity deep into the tooth but it's more wear on the dentin and so there is there are people out there who are saying you can mineral remineralize that enamel layer of a tooth with toothpastes 
that or different kinds of mouthwashes and different things that you can do, changing your diet to be less about the negative bacteria and leaning more into positive bacteria, you know, these kinds of things to improve that outer layer of the tooth. And because it's a bone, we know what the bones in our body can, you know, not remineralize, but to rebond. Can you kind of walk us through what the difference is with teeth and what's real and what's not real? Like I've torn between people posting pictures on the internet who have no credentials at all, but are also like an x-ray is an x-ray. And then what I'm hearing you say. So, well, you know, it's, you have to know where your source is coming from. The internet is wild out there. It's all West, right? I mean, especially these days with all the AI stuff. And yeah, I mean, oh yeah. (laughs) And there are people out there who believe the earth is flat, you know? So, and there is, you can prove any point either way, but I'm, you know, I don't know what pictures or stuff they are, but you have to see where the sources are, what studies are done, who is doing the research behind it. Is it somebody who, like you said, is it somebody who's a credential? Is it a scientist? Not necessarily a dentist, but, you know, has some science background, knows what they're talking about and knows how the body works. Or is it just somebody who's experimenting and seeing things because who's taking these x-rays? So yes, can you, what you said was remineralize enamel. You can, to a certain degree, you can make it harder. And that's where fluoride comes in. Fluoride binds to the enamel layer and makes it more resistant to decay. And it's been proven by, you know, the FDA, by the ADA, the American Dental Association, by World Health Organization, the impact of fluoride and having, again, too much fluoride is bad for you. It's one part per million in your water that you're supposed to have. And, you know, how much toothpaste you're not supposed to be ingesting huge amounts of toothpaste. It's a small, you know, everything in moderation. So yes, you can remineralize. And especially if your diet is like, you know, if you're doing a lot of sodas, which is highly acidic, you're drinking water, which is great. But if you're drinking carbonated water, the pH level is kind of, you know, low on that. It's acidic. So you stay to alkaline waters or just regular water. And uh, how much sugar are you consuming in your diet? Sure, you're drinking, you're not having cookies and cupcakes and so on and so forth, or but you're drinking coffee, maybe three, four cups a day. How much sugar are you putting in them? How much sugar is being bathed around your teeth? Maybe you drink less sugar avoided or use a straw so you have less contact on your teeth. The whole idea being prevention. And that is also linked with, you know, if you're getting more sugar or acidic content, our salivas are buffers and the natural, it like neutralizes. But if it's constantly subjected, then the teeth start to break down, they get sensitive. And that's when you remineralize the enamel. But you can't, you cannot grow like a cavity when it happens. Uh, yes, you can remineralize, you can use, there's so many things out there. There's this MTA paste. There's, like I said, there are different types of fluoride toothpaste out there, mouth rinses. You can do all that to arrest the decay at a smaller point. But if it's gone to the point where it needs a root canal, that needs a root canal or an extraction or some more definitive treatment. If it's spread beyond the enamel layer into the dentin and the pulp, then we're not talking about remineralization. We can't arrest. There is a new product out there, which is SDF, silver dihadamine, and that helps arrest decay. 
And again, we're not getting, we're not remineralizing the tooth. We're not, we're not doing a filling, but we are arresting the decay and which works really good in people who are elderly and they have hard areas that we can't, you know, we're trying to hang on to the tooth as long as we can. And maybe their health condition prevents them from getting dental treatment or little kids who can't sit in the chair and you don't want to put them to sleep. And you want to just do something a little bit more conservative. So we're not drilling into the tooth. We're just kind of clean out the decay with, and then apply this SDF just to arrest the decay. But it needs to be done at a certain time, like every few weeks or a few months until more definitive treatment can be done, like the tooth falls off or, or something in a child. So there are other ways to help be more conservative in treatment rather than being aggressive. A lot of the dental materials, you know, we walked away from amalgam, which needed the prep had to be more bigger to like more conservative composites that we're not removing healthy tooth structure and preserving more. We want to preserve as much of the tooth structure as we can because tooth structure can't be replaced. So you talked about fluoride. I feel like it's a can of worms in the health and wellness space. And we did podcast previously. I'll put a link in the show notes talking about the science, which you can look at both negatively and positively in terms of, like you said, too much fluoride can and is known to be detrimental to the health. At the same time, we know that there is health benefit in certain situations like you said, re- helping to remineralize or strengthen the enamel layer. Growing up, we used well water, so we didn't have fluoride in my in our water. And I was a young child with a rubble tendency. And when my mom would tell me to brush my teeth just because I wanted to stick one to the man, which really it wasn't sticking one to her, it was getting me back. I would fake brushing my teeth by putting toothpaste on my like the inside of my lips so that my breath smelled fresh when she checked it but I wasn't (laughs) properly brushing my teeth regularly and I ended up with a ton of cavities as a child and I think it really fortunately they were all my baby teeth and I learned a lesson and have had good oral health since and it wasn't really until I myself was a mother and had to choose Do I want to give my children fluoride toothpaste knowing that they're like eating it and they don't know how to properly use toothpaste? But also if I don't do that, what happened to me and all of the, you know, dangers that are probably exaggerated a lot of the time. I think just the Internet in general, right, to get someone to click on the article and to read can really make an exaggeration of circumstances, like walk us through what you think that balance is when you're approaching things from like a health-minded mindset, but that doesn't necessarily mean all or nothing, right? Like it sounds like there's a balance for you. What does that look like? Right. So I get a lot of patients like that. So interesting you brought up about well water. That it does, you know, well water does not have fluoride and people who are grown up in well water do tend to have a higher rate of cavities. And I always tell my kids, my kid patients that you get two sets of teeth, one to practice on and one to hold on for life. 
So if you lose a baby, you get out it, it's all good. <laughs> you know, we'll treat it, we'll take care of it. But, you know, let it be a lesson that you got to take care of your teeth because you ain't, you're not getting any more teeth back once you've lost this one, the adult tooth. So, but in New York, the water in, in the city, so the five boroughs in New York City is fluoridated. But in Long Island, where I live, the water is not fluoridated. And my children get fluoride supplements from their pediatrician. And that's something you would talk to your pediatrician. Again, all these decisions, you know, there's a whole host of things. And, you know, it is opening a can of worms. And that's not my intention. But really have that discussion with your, know what your water is like. Know what consistency is. You can run water reports. You can get it from your town. And talk to your pediatrician if for a child or your doctor and your dentist as to what the best course of action is for you in particular because everybody is you know I focus on individualized individualized care not it's not the same set of treatment I tell to everybody so everything is very specific and for children you know if they're not able to spit you know your child best if they're not spitting Maybe you don't want to use the fluoridated toothpaste on them. They're going to, they're going to just swallow it. And then you're concerned about the high consumption of fluoride. And, you know, they make the toothpaste for kids that you can use. Now, the ADA, the American Dental Association, says you can use fluoridated toothpaste on children. You cannot spit, but that's your choice. Again, you make the informed decision. And the amount of toothpaste you use is also varied. So for a little kid, who's not able to spit very well, you're using like a grain of rice. So think about how small that is. And then when your child gets a little bit older, six, seven, you can use a pea-sized amount rather than how much we're blobbing onto our toothpaste. For children, you want to keep the quantity of toothpaste that they're using smaller. If they have fluoride rinses, you know, just see where it is that they're not sitting and drinking that. So it's just access to the care. It's using the smaller quantities. But yes, fluoride has its place in dentistry. It has been proven. Again, it's a lot of fluorosis. Sorry, a lot of fluoride consumption can cause fluorosis and actually cause the browning of the teeth. So you don't want to go too much over. It's in small quantities. Make sure you're brushing and you're spitting out all that. You're not consuming it. And that's really important with the children. What would be some symptoms too much fluoride? It would show up. So teeth start developing inside, like baby teeth start developing when the baby, when we're still in the womb and the adult teeth start developing when the child is born. So if the child is consuming a lot of fluoride, it can affect the coloring of the teeth as they're older. So you'll see that difference as the teeth are up. But let's say your kid swallowed a whole the, the toothpaste bubblegum flavor, yummy, and they swallowed it, they're going to have an upset stomach. They're going to have to throw up. You may neutralize it with drinking milk and, you know, call your hospital. <laughs> but it'll be a, a lot of upset stomach. But usually the fluoresces will be the discoloration of the teeth and when the teeth develop. Today's podcast is sponsored by Wild Health. Immediately after learning more about epigenetics, I looked to find a brand to get myself tested. I did a simple DNA swab and sent it off in the mail, easy peasy. 
What is Wild Health? It's an innovative approach utilizing the experience of two emergency room physicians to utilize a proactive, preventative approach to healthcare called precision medicine. And if you are truly trying to reach your peak physical and mental condition, Wild Health has a premium program with a fully white glove concierge service, including unlimited visits and even higher touch care. Learn more at wildhealth.com premium. And using a mailed simple mouse swab, your genetics, biometrics, and lifestyle data help determine what your body needs as far as nutrition, sleep, supplements, and more so that you can function at your best personalized to you now and in the long run. They address the root cause of health problems before they become issues. And you know I'm here for the data. The results speak for themselves. Wild Health patients have seen a whopping 69% reduction in inflammation, 47% improvement of diabetic markers, and 58% reduced risk of cardiovascular disease, among many other incredible outcomes. Wild Health is generously extending the Whole View listeners 20% off the cost of membership with code WHOLEVIEW. Head over to wildhealth.com slash WHOLEVIEW and use code WHOLEVIEW at checkout. Make this commitment to yourself and start taking control of your health today at wildhealth.com slash WHOLEVIEW. How do you feel about or how do you talk to your patients who have relatively good gum health and oral health? So setting aside people who are needing root canals or have gum disease or anything like that, let's put them, you know, in a separate category because they need kind of triage care versus preventative care. So when we're looking at someone who is, for example, a lot of our listeners are filtering their water to get rid of a lot of different things that are in the water. They may be trying to filter fluoride so that they can control how much is consumed. They also, I know, like my mom lives in a county where there's a PFAS advisory and the county recommends not drinking the tap water unless it's filtered, right? So we know that there, there are filtered water that might replicate that well water situation. And then leveraging like mineral-based toothpaste for example the brand risewell comes to mind there's a lot of different like david's there's a lot of different even name brands i think like tom's and different kinds of brands burt's bees also offer like fluoride free toothpaste options and i know my dentist which is a traditional dentist actually recommends this dental herb company tooth and gum tonic that is not alcohol based but has a lot of like herbs to help just as a mouthwash not as a replacement for brushing your teeth or anything like right. that but instead of like the bright green kind of alcohol based mouthwash right. that's the one that they recommend how do you feel about a lot of these things and if they have a place like what does that look like in a general routine for someone who's trying to optimize their oral so anything, I mean, there's now a new trend, so to speak, about toothpaste tablets and a lot of healthcare people are having it because it's, you know, there's no plastic use, it's less wastage because you just chew that little tablet. And a lot of them don't have fluoride, some do. 
again, I am more of a traditional dentist. So anything that I would recommend, make sure it has the ADA seal, the American Dental Seal on it, because that's been tested and it has been proven efficacy and it's efficient and it's and it's consistent producing results. So if you, that's the one big advice I would say is that whatever product that you choose, whether it is a mouthwash, a floss, a toothpaste, any other adjunct that you use that has the ADA seal on it. As far as, you know, and I think your dentist said it well, that you can't replace brushing and flossing. There's just no other alternative to taking care of your teeth. However, you can use the other adjunct processes to do it, you know, and it's just like when you practice, you know, like if you need a knee surgery, it's not going to heal, the knee's not going to heal on its own. Yes, you can do other things to help it and do something non-traditional, but you still need the surgery. And it kind of goes with dentistry too. You still need to do what you need to do. You can use other things to help. Absolutely. It can be used as an adjunct. But yeah, non-alcohol based mouthwashes are great. Some do, like Crest has some that are, I don't want to name names, but there are, if you look at the labels, they're ADA approved non-alcoholic which I think are really great, especially if people are going through, you know, substance abuse and they are, you know, sub- abstaining. You don't want the mouthwash to have it, right? And especially in young children, we've seen that. So yeah, you can totally use other products and I have patients who come and people, you know, and you brought up another point, like people who have healthy teeth and healthy gums. I have patients who've, I have like, and I'm sure there are people out there who feel like, oh, it's not fair, but it's people who are like, I brush, I come at my, every six months I'm here or every three months I'm here for my deep cleaning and I brush and floss, but you know what? There is another new cavity or the gums are still not there. And sometimes it's genetics plays a lot of factor to it. Genetics, our upbringing, where we brought up, all of that makes a huge difference. And then there are people who haven't been to the dentist since the pandemic and it's been three, four years now. And they have not a single cavity in their mouth and they've never had a filling in their mouth and they just have great teeth and they're just lucky. Yeah, I don't know. Me. I'm, I mean, confession time, like part of why I think this show is important is for me because I really don't like going to the dentist. There's something about, I think, the vulnerability. It's also like my mouth isn't very large. And so when they're working in there with their hands, like it physically hurts the sides of my mouth. And it took me a while to find a dentist that was providing compassionate care and like understood those things and took them into consideration and made me feel comfortable enough to want to go. But I mean, I avoided the dentist, I want to say almost 10 years, and it was while I was pregnant and nursing. And it wasn't until I finally felt that I had one cavity after I was done nursing three children that I was like, I have to go and I have to get this taken care of. I have to find someone who will help me. And they were shocked because they were like, I cannot believe you don't have gum disease. You don't have, yes, you have this one cavity, but like, you know, I think really I took oral health so seriously after my scare as a child, but compared to my husband who like has an electric toothbrush and a water pick and like, goes every six months and he constantly has issues with his teeth and I'm just like I mean I know that I'm taking good care of my teeth when I brush it but also like I didn't go to the dentist for many years and my teeth are fine that's not 
listeners, it's not an encouragement. Children, if you're listening in the car, don't do what I did. Because, I mean, I did end up with a cavity. But I also think that I would have ended up with that cavity even if I had been going to the dentist just because of the minerals that are leached from women's teeth when they're pregnant and nursing, which I also want to talk to you about. But so I didn't mean to like interrupt you, but you were like, there are some people in our Oh, I'm that person. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know all the time they're there. And, you know, for them, I'm like, okay, you want to come on Sierra? That's fine. Because you have, you know, healthy gums and bones. And, but some people are like, no, I need to see you every three to four months because if we leave it for a year, it's going to be a disaster. And this is what I talk about custom care. And it's not like one fit, you know, one thing fits everybody. It's approaching the patient. What are their medical conditions? What, uh, there are downfalls. And, you know, you brought up a good point. I re always recommend an electronic toothbrush because it does a more efficient job of brushing and it can get into like hard to reach places. And when we're brushing, we want to make sure we brush in the back of her teeth as well, in the top of the teeth, not just the front, you know. And sometimes that's hard with a traditional brush and a water pig, water flosser for people who are unable to you know, if you have your braces or if you have dentures or like bridges or implants and it's hard to floss in between or you have dexterity issues and you can't actually do the flossing and water pick and water flossers are awesome to do so. Yeah, I think a new study just came out that water flossers are even better than than just regular flossing. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I, <laughs> this is a complete aside, but it like occurred to me just a week or two ago, I was thinking about a bidet, which has a completely different situation, but I think it's relevant here as not only are we talking about actually like rinsing off the tooth or wherever with water as being the thing that's cleaning it, but it occurred to me that like the oxygen boosting things that we add to our laundry that get them so clean are doing so because of oxygen and water is hydrogen and oxygen and so there there is actual cleaning benefit with the water in addition to it actually rinsing I don't know why that was like a light bulb moment for me that like the water itself is has cleaning properties and isn't just like rinsing off the surface which is how I always thought about water but like if you're able to get water into between the teeth and flush it out obviously that's going to be right better than you know right and loss. you know and oxygen is great for you i'm talking about the oxygen chambers they that you can help with people who have burns or people who are going through tremendous surgeries as a healing it's not commonly used but oxygen therapy is out there and you know it's a great we need it to survive so yeah i think while we're Talking about products before I move on, because I do want to talk about how teeth are affected specifically for people who are creating life in their body, whatever that looks like, whether they're, you know, pregnant or nursing or, you know, the body is prioritizing in another sort of way. I do kind of want to just quickly talk about products. So you said look for the American Dental Association emblem. I think yeah. one of the other things that I want to take a moment to educate people on, and I'm curious if you're aware of this, is that not only do we have the sustainability issues with things like toothpaste and floss, but oftentimes for floss specifically, 
it is coated in kind of toxic chemicals that can be problematic. And I'll put links in the show notes to a couple of brands, both for toothpaste with and without fluoride in our home. We, I do both. So my husband only does fluoride because he has, his teeth are not as kind to him as my, uh, mine are. And so for me, based on prior research, I, once a day, I brush with like a remineralizing is what it's called, but like a more natural based toothpaste that doesn't have fluoride. And then in the evenings, I use a fluoride based toothpaste and our sink water is not filtered, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I feel like that's the balance that I'm striking. Our children use a fluoride toothpaste now that they're older because they can do it properly. But when they were younger, we did not. We avoided fluoride because I would literally watch my kids eat toothpaste. And I was like, yeah. this, uh-uh, nope. <laughs> Until you can learn That's how to use it yeah. yeah. And everybody in the family loves the tooth and gum tonic, the mouthwash that is herb-based. And floss-wise, I just want to encourage people to find a brand that's been tested to be specifically PFAS-free. Because if you're flossing, you're opening oftentimes the bloodline right like many people when they're flossing have blood on their toothpaste and then if you're using a floss that has chemicals that are known to be hormone disrupting or anything like that it's going straight into your bloodstream so there's a lot of different brands out there i know coco floss is one that's going to say that (laughs) coconut oil and is a very traditional kind of floss we use one that my whole family loves and I find that it has gotten my children to floss because they're like the little floss picks but they're made with sustainable materials I think that it's like the plant-based plastic like it's yes it's I just pulled up the link it's biodegradable plant-based kind of plastic and then it's you know like a traditional gum pick and I mentioned that I have a small mouth and I don't like hands in there And so that gets me to floss as well. Like I won't floss with like traditional floss. So that one, that brand is called the Humble Co. And I've checked those two brands and I know they're clean. And if you have listeners, a brand that you love, like just look into it and see if they've ever tested because you could just Google like floss PFAS and most main brands are going to come up. That's the coating that they're using on the floss. You know, we have to strike a balance. Like, yes, you need to floss. And can we do it in a way that's like a more sustainable product that has, you know, not added ingredients that might be harmful to your health? And I imagine, especially with your brother, while none of these things, the thing is that these chemicals nothing is conclusive in terms of like this is the cause of anything in terms of oral cancer or fertility or whatever but we just know that science is not looking favorably at a lot of these things and so why not improve the opportunity while also still sticking to like you said you're you do more traditional dentistry but it doesn't hurt us to make informed 
better choices as often as we can, as long as we're still able to maintain and optimize our oral care. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Holistic dentistry has its place. Traditional dentistry has its place. And you decide for yourself what is the best course of action. You know, talk to your professionals, your dentists, your doctors, and really, you know, like you said, get strike a balance. And, you know, you have a great method because you're not high at a high risk factor compared to your husband. So you're doing non-fluoridate in the morning and fluoride at night, and that's good for you and it works. Go for it. But if somebody's using completely non-fluoridated and they're going holistic and their teeth are falling apart, maybe we need to redirect ourselves. So again, everybody is different. Everybody's bodies are different. It's not one size fits all. It's customized approach and it's making educated choices to your, what you believe in. And, you know, you mentioned Coco Floss. I actually, she's a part of my, we have a mommy dentist in business group of almost 10,000 people. So, and she's actually one of the members of that group. So I know oh, I love that. products <laughs> very well. And, you know, she's, they're there at every meeting and on the, in the group as well. So yes, you know, the whole idea of flossing and brushing. So you can use, you know, if you want to talk about sustainability, you can use a bamboo. There are lots of bamboo toothbrushes out there that are more biodegradable and more friendly to the environment. And glass, you know, try to find toothpaste and glass bottles or the tablets but make sure it's fluoride in it. That's what I prefer. And but the whole point of flossing is to get in between your teeth and clean. So, you know, what kind of, whether it's waxed or non-waxed or minty flavor, but yes, it's plastic. And so if you want to be a little bit more sustainable, use the cocoa floss, it's great. So and the whole idea is to get removed plaque from your teeth. So what kind of toothbrush, what your preference is. Yes, I recommend an electronic toothbrush. Do you need to all spend hundreds of dollars and get an electronic brush? No. If you can do an effective job with a traditional, go for it. Again, it's all about, um, there are these tablets that you can get. They're basically plaque identifier tablets and you can chew them and see how you brush. If you can brush and get rid of all the purple stains, it stains your teeth purple. And if you, because plaque, you can't really see. So it really highlights where your plaque is and see how you brush. And if your brushing technique is good and you can get rid of that purple off your teeth, then you're doing an effective job, whether it's traditional handheld toothbrush or an electronic brush. But make sure you get in between your teeth as well, because otherwise we're only brushing half our teeth. But yeah, it's customized approach to it. Today's podcast is brought to you by ButcherBox, and it is the best kind of deal that doesn't come around very often. Free ground beef for a year plus $20 off your first order, but it ends June 18th, so do not delay. We go through so much ground beef in this house from the kids making themselves burgers, which let me tell you, kids cooking for themselves is priceless, to casseroles and last minute dinners, it is our go-to staple. And I love that ButcherBoxes is grass-fed. That means that the kids are getting health-promoting benefits like conjugated linoleic acid and healthy omega-3 fatty acids. Not to mention how much better grass-fed beef is for the environment. Humanely raised, no antibiotics or added hormones, shipped for free, frozen right to your door in an eco-friendly, 100% recyclable box. No other meat delivery service compares to ButcherBox. 
100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. They're a certified B Corp focused on quality for you, the animal, and the planet. We have a home-cooked meal nearly every night in our home, and it could not happen without our ButcherBox stocked freezer. When we have what we need at home, we save money and time. ButcherBox has a variety of high-quality cuts at amazing values with exclusive member deals. I recently added the kids' beloved smoked salmon, and it feels like magic that now it's just delivered without my needing to do a single thing. You can choose from a variety of box plan options. We do a custom one, which can be changed at any time. But lock in now because ButcherBox is giving us a special deal. Sign up today and use code WHOLEVIEW to receive ground beef for a year plus $20 off your first order. That's two pounds of ground beef free in every box for a year plus $20 off your first order when you sign up at butcherbox.com slash WHOLEVIEW and use code WHOLEVIEW. I think that's such a genius idea, even for us adults, as we get older, our mouth changes. I know like my child who just turned 13 is getting his 12 year molars. And so his mouth is changing, like to make sure that we're still properly addressing and cleaning all areas of our teeth. And can we do it with a regular toothbrush? For me, I have such a hard time with electronic toothbrushes I found one that works and what's funny is my 15 year old for his birthday asked for an electronic toothbrush and it was oh. like one of the things he asked for and I was like okay yeah I'll get that for you <laughs> he's my the one who actually practices good hygiene I have four children I have one that practices good awesome. not just for you. hygiene but like hygiene in general he showers every day and like <laughs> on his own so Kudos to him. Listeners, I'll put a link in the show notes to a lot of the products that we talked about. I have one more question about products before we move on, which is what are your thoughts about activated charcoal and toothpicks? I've heard mixed ideas, thoughts from it's stripping away the enamel to it's helping the teeth. Like, where do you stand on the charcoal? I'm on the stripping the enamel because I, you know what charcoal is. You've seen it. You've you know, use it in your barbecues. You may draw with it. Artists use charcoal sometimes. I mean, it is a very abrasive product, so I'm not. And it can strip microns, layers of the enamel, and make it more susceptible or more sensitive. So I'm not a big fan of it. But again, it's, you know, you pick your, <laughs> you pick your battles. <laughs> yeah, I think that, you know, there are products out there like stain removal. You do it one time or you know once a month kind of thing with charcoal and there's also like charcoal toothpaste that would be every day and I think originally my thought process was like oh it's getting rid of the plaque and the stains and that's a good thing and then the more kind of information and research came out it was like and it's also potentially removing your enamel I'm like not what I want so good to hear your opinion on that Thank you. Thanks for indulging me in all of that deep dive. I'm kind of a product junkie and I do a lot of research on that stuff. So it's always good to get professional opinion. Sure. Okay. So 
I know we've mentioned several times about mothers and nursing and what I have always heard. And I was a live like a leader. What we were taught and what we would tell people is during pregnancy and nursing, a woman or a pregnant person's body will prioritize the nutritional needs of the child. And it will literally leach out what it needs from bones, from teeth, whatever it is to give that to the child, which is why it's often the case that new mothers often have cavities. Is there anything that we can do to prevent that? Do you find that to be true? Yeah. Pregnancy does a lot to the body. It changes your hormones. It's changing the composition of your teeth. You can even get what's called pregnancy gingivitis, which a healthy person may not have gingivitis. But now with pregnancy, because of the hormonal changes, they get these buildups or these puffy gums and you know, just like you, you may have a healthy patient who will never be diagnosed with diabetes, but may get gestational diabetes during pregnancy. And pregnancy does definitely change. And that's why doctors will have you, especially when you're trying to be on prenatal vitamins, you know, to kind of keep your body healthy while, you know, like always, I don't know how your listeners will take to this, but, you know, a child is, it's literally like a leash. They're taking all the nutrients, they're taking all the, your providing everything to this child. They're sharing your blood supply. They're sharing whatever you eat. So it's very important to have a good diet. It's very important to take care of your oral health during pregnancy and to keep up with the vitamins as recommended by your doctor, your OBGYN. And also during nursing, same thing. You want to be hydrated. You may want to supplement. I think there is, I used it. uh, I didn't have a great milk supply and I nursed both my children. And to whatever extent I could, they were they were supplemented with flora formula and I did as much nursing as I could. I used more milk plus, which is found at Whole Foods, which I thought was a great way to help. But my point being is that when we nurse our children, we want to take care of their oral health. That is after they're done nursing, take a towel, clean towel, wet it, and then wipe their gums because what does milk have? Sugar. And these, you know, you can have Usually babies about six, seven months will start erupting their first tooth. Some maybe a lot longer. So maybe some children are born with teeth. So you want to clean their gums after they're done nursing. That was the point I was trying to make. So it's not only for the mother to have good oral health, but also to the child, you know, and not to have the baby sleep with a bottle. If they do use water, not milk overnight, because all you're doing is pulling all that sugar in their mouth and you're going to end up with decayed teeth in young kids. And yes, there are two, three-year-olds who've needed all their baby teeth restored or extracted because of this. And that was a lot of practice back in the day, like eons ago. And, you know, definitely with education and awareness, it's no longer as much that it was before. But, you know, it's very important to have good care for your babies, even though you think they had no teeth. And, you know, I also wanted to make another point that you talked about as we get older, how our bodies change, just with pregnancy, just with younger kids, what kind of medications that we're taking changes. So if you're on a high medication or if you've had some sort of radiation therapy, you may have a dry mouth and that changes your body's the internal. It affects the rate of cavities you get or more decays or bad breath just because you don't have that natural saliva. So to drink lots of water or chew sugarless gum. Sugarless gum is dead. <laughs> and 
or candies that does not have sugar. And and if I was to pick a candy or a chocolate, I would pick a chocolate because candy, you're constantly like lollipops and stuff. You're constantly bathing your teeth with sugar. So I just, I just wanted to bring that up when you brought about older kids. But as far as, yeah, with nursing, um, definitely keeping up. You have to take care of yourself before you can take care of the baby, right? Just like when they tell in the airplane that put on your oxygen mask first and then help the child. And it's the same way. You cannot, your body cannot nurse well or take care and the healing after whether you have a cesarean or a natural birth, your body needs time to recover and heal while you're taking care of a young one. So make sure that you don't ignore your health systemically or orally while you're taking care of a young one. I thought it was a good visual representation for a lot of examples that you gave there. So thanks. And I certainly was not aware of a lot of that. I was a very young mother. And so, you know, it took me a while to learn a lot of things. And I think kind of comparing that to the other side of the coin that you mentioned, like as we get changes, like our mouth might get dry. The first thing that came to my mind was, yeah, I'm in perimenopause and menopause. And a lot of our listeners are kind of in that age range. And so we're looking at increased risk of things like osteoporosis. And it was kind of a light bulb moment for me. Like, oh, that's also means increased risk of more cavities or oral health issues as well, which is something I hadn't really thought about. So thanks for, thanks, but no thanks for that <laughs> reminder. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so I guess that leaves me to where I had my personal confession earlier about having a hard time with Dennis. And you know, you're a lovely person. I don't know why. I just am one of many people who have kind of a fear of dentists or it just, it feels very dangerous for me like I don't know what that is and I have to kind of say to myself I have to do a lot of reframing like I'm safe there's nothing here that's problematic you know I've talked with these people they know that if I need a break they'll give me one like these kinds of things and I think you know my advice would be definitely have a conversation with your dental office before you go in like I fully confessed I had not been to the dentist and it was almost 10 years please do not shame me. Please do not like, you know, do any of this because then I'm just going to not come back. Like if I feel a certain way and they took that and were so helpful. And I think if we can have conversation and make people aware of how we're feeling or to say, hey, I have, I feel uncomfortable with the dentist. I have a fear here, you know, like these kinds of things, it can make it go more smoothly. Absolutely. From, from your perspective, what is helpful in terms of giving people more confidence and comfort and finding a practitioner that would be a good fit? I'm going to talk on both sides, uh, from the patient's side and as well as the dentist side. Yes, it is definitely a daunting to come into a room and you feel a little confined and you're on a chair, you're lying down, you're looking, I have a TV, but you may be looking at a ceiling. but Having those conversations prior, you know, what you addressing your fears, because it can be claustrophobic for some people 
to be in the dental chair and you have two people looking over you and you can't, you're stuck. And you, even if you do sudden for us, we're moving, we're using drills that are going at 200,000 reps per minute. We're inches from the brain. We've got, we're fighting a lot of battles of our own. We've got ton of saliva. We got to get that suction thing. We got the tongue moving. We've got the cheek and we're working. You're not helping me right now. I know. Perhaps not even the other side that we are working in a tight environment. And so we want to make sure that you're comfortable so that we can do our jobs. So what you brought up saying, I'm not, this is not my happy place. These are my fears and addressing them so that the dentist knows where you're coming from. There are people who love coming to the dentist. Oh, I love this great clean feeling. But then there are people who are like, oh, that, and you know what I know? Like, okay, I don't, when patients talk about needles and they're like, oh, you're going to inject me with what? And then I'm like, okay, so you don't like needles. I'm not going to talk about it, nor am I going to show it to you. And we can discuss other modalities. Like I have nitrous oxide to help calm the patient and get them a more relaxed place, you know, and we're like, okay, we'll put some music on for you. Let's get a show on something that'll take your mind off being here. Let me see what I can make to make you more comfortable. There are some dentists that have therapy dogs in there to help. So there are people who have different ways of doing treatment. But again, it's voicing both sides because I agree we're not the most, you know, nobody's very excited to come see us. You know, people are excited to get their hair done and look fabulous, get their nails done and those, you know, and you feel good, but you're coming to the dentist, you associate it with pain and discomfort, but it shouldn't be. And the whole idea then that's what my whole practice is that is such a patient centric that I'm not rushing from patient to patient. I'm here and you have my time. You're here for me. I'm here for you. You tell me what is your fear factor or what is the most, you know, I know you don't like the sound of the drill. I'm sorry, you cannot change that. Maybe get headphones, get some music there. That'll take your mind off of it. You know, it's just these little things that can help. But communication is the biggest key. If I don't know what's your trigger, then I won't be able to help you. So having that open communication is so key. You know, people who are a little introverted, they can shoot out an email before, you know, they don't want to voice it. They can say like, hey, just before I come to the office, I just want to uh, let you guys know, so on and so forth. You know, and it's very interesting, like, even when during COVID, when we were in the peak of COVID and offices were closed, when we started opening, we used to take temperatures of patients. And we used to use a handheld thermometer, right, that you point to the head. And some patients didn't like that, that you're pointing something that look uh, on top of their head. And so we would point it to their wrists instead, you know, so it's knowing and just communicating, you know, there's nothing that I have not heard. There is nothing that is, that will make me think less of you. There is nothing that will shock you are healthcare professionals. We deal with people People come with a range of, you know, fears or apprehensions, and it's perfectly normal to have them. And that's another thing. Like, you shouldn't feel shame that I am scared of coming. I'm not going to go because you're not helping yourself. You know, there's no shame in that, but it's acknowledging it and saying that, yes, this is it. What do you think you can do different to help me? And find a practitioner who will listen. Yeah. I love so much of that perspective and it was especially helpful for me 
when you said people love getting their hair done or their nails done because I'm one of those people. And I started thinking like, what is the difference between me getting my nails done and getting going to the dentist? Like there are similar tools. There are some like, you know, there's a lot of different things. And it's because I do think that there was probably some, you know, trauma or mental block around all of the cavities and problems that I had when I was a young child. And I'm also a redhead. And so I have a, there's a whole thing about how we have more difficulty with the pain medication that you prescribe. You're nodding your head for listeners that can't hear who might be mind blown by this factor. And my dentist, my, a lot of people didn't know that years and years ago. It looks like it's more well-known now, but to Novocaine in particular, my body does not respond the way a typical body person's body responds. And I imagine that when I was a kid, I didn't have the words to share that I wasn't properly numb and probably had some pain and different kinds of things about that oral care that I got. And I think it created this like block in my head about the dentist when I've actually never, people have been lovely to me and they're, they, I do like my teeth to feel clean. I do want healthy teeth. Like, <laughs> you I want, don't you know have why. a beautiful smile. You want to show it off. Yeah. I know. And you know what? I don't have, I've never had braces or anything. So whenever I go to the dentist, they're always like, well, I don't understand how your teeth are so healthy. And I'm like, I just brush my teeth and it blocks. <laughs> like, I don't know. But my poor husband and my kids, two of the three of our biological children, got his teeth and the one that loves hygiene has my teeth and you know he's the one who wants the electronic toothbrush anyway I think we shared a lot of different ideas with listeners different products they can use different conversations they can have with their dentist different ways to approach a balance between eastern and western kind of medicine approaches or what I would call preventative versus you know kind of a what did I call it? Triage or recon after right defensive kind of approach. But I do always like to leave listeners with something that's positive and actionable on their end that they can take to either be of service to work on themselves or potentially for other people. So, you know, for parents, like what can they take away from this to help their children have a positive relationship with oral care and dentistry? I'd love to hear any specific ideas that, that you have for people to kind of take away and implement in their lives. Sure. So, you know, you bring a great, great point that, yes, redheads have a harder time getting numb. Novocaine doesn't work very well. And what you experience... What is wrong with us? <laughs> Nothing is wrong with you guys. It just... But, you know, with children... Uh, The point I wanted to make was having that traumatic experience can well work its way into... And I hear that, you know, people who they're like, oh, I never went to the dentist or in different parts. They've come from different parts of the world. We didn't believe or my parents didn't, though their teeth are going to fall off. And I had a bad cavity and the doctor didn't use anything and pulled it out. And it was all traumatic. And I hear all the stories. And so my focus when I see my children is, you know, tell, show, do. I show them what I'm doing. I show them the instrument, what it's going to feel like, what it's going to sound like before I actually do it. And with children. It's so hard because, you know, as a parent, you're coming in, you you may have preconceived notions, but you don't want to 
implement them on your children. So you may have had a bad experience like you did, but you don't want to implement and tell your child that's going to be the worst experience of your life. You know, it's going to be fine. Again, first visit that I do, depending on the age of the child, is like a happy visit where I'm just having them ride up and down the chair. These are my little kids, like under three. Like, hey, we're just going to see this is a fancy chair. It can go back. So they're comfortable in sitting in this giant chair. And then just show them like a little mirror looks like. And I hold, have them hold the big mirror so they can see what I'm doing. So it's not alien to them. And it's not that they don't have autonomy over it, that they are, have some control. Like, okay, she's just taking a look and we're counting and we're singing the ABCs. So with my young children and, and even as they're older too, you know, like six, seven preteens, again, I will show, tell them, I will say that if you need me to stop, I can stop. You know, mom's right here. Mom can stay in the room. Mom can stay outside the room, whatever you want. And, you know, taking a child away and getting treatment, sometimes the child feels fearful of that, or they reflect if the parent is scared and is worried, that doesn't help either. So depending, you know, it just depends on the parent-child relationship. But parents are always welcome to sit in the room with them, to ask questions. And again, patients are always told, this is what we're going to do. This is what it's feel like. It may not taste yummy, but afterwards we'll get you a prize or something to help, you know. And when they're teenagers, and then we can have a little bit more in-depth conversations, how their actions are so important that if they're not accountable for themselves, I can't help them, you know, that you have to brush your teeth. You have to take care of them because they have to, they have to have some accountability of what they're doing. It matters just like anything else. So, but again, even with children, they're, they are much wiser than we give them credit for. They are resistant. I mean, they will blend with the change. They won't have any experience. And so not to have parents negate it or tell them about their bad experience, but say, hey, we're going to the dentist. They're going to count your teeth. They're going to check your teeth. You can read. There are lots of books out there going, visiting the dentist. There are lots of little, you know, clips about what to experience at the office and ask questions. Like, hey, what are you doing? What are you doing to my child? And a lot of the young parents I am, or the young children, I'm talking about the fluoride. I'm talking about use of the pacifier, you know, past age three. We don't want a pacifier. It's going gonna, it's gonna to create issues with the jaw. Or we're talking about thumb sucking or any other functional habits that are inhibiting. Are they grinding their teeth at night? They should, children should not be grinding and snoring. Are they having some space issues? Do we need to get an early orthodontic treatment? So a lot of the visit at the dentist is not just we're checking your teeth and cleaning. It's a host of other things. What is their diet like? What's their fluoride consumption like? What are the brushing techniques? Are they brushing twice a day, once a day? Do they like it? You know, there are all these other things that we're talking about. Well, that's super helpful. And I know... A lot of those things have helped me and I'm not a child. So hopefully it can help other listeners as well. Doctor, I just want to thank you so much for being here and being open to have this conversation and, and all the work that you're doing. I want to point our listeners. You can find Dr. Peril at PDMFA Family Dental and under the same social handles, and we'll put a link in the show notes, but that way uh, we can all kind of 
follow along the work that you're doing and education and listeners. Thank you so much for being here. We'll share what we really thought. I have, I want to have this conversation about redheads over on patreon.com slash the whole view because it, it is something that like I found it. I thought it was a hoax on the internet. And then like yeah. every time I have had, I've only needed Novocaine twice, but like every time that I have, it has not worked for me. I actually had to come back to the dentist once because it was like an hour and a half and three shots and it's still, I could feel it. And the dentist was like, I don't know what's wrong with you. Just come back another time. I don't have time for this anymore. <laughs> not a dentist I see anymore. But anyway, so the best place to ask questions and to support the show that we create and produce ourselves is over on patreon.com slash the whole view, which you'll be able to hear our conversation if you're curious about that. And another way to support the show is just to leave a review or hitting the follow or subscribe button ever you're using so that others can find us as well. It really helps and we appreciate all of those as much as you can take. Just 30 seconds right now you're listening in this very moment. Just go tap leaving a review and it be a big help. And as a reminder, we put the list of resources into the show notes for you at realeverything.com. And I want to thank you again for tuning in today. We appreciate your willingness to be open to growth through your own personal changes. No one is perfect, especially me avoiding the dentist. But in listening, learning, and unlearning, we can become better versions of ourselves. Thank you, doctor, so much for being here. Thank you so much, Stacey. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.